0: Thank you
1: To another edition of Saint Joseph Radio presents, and I am your host Ray Gerard, and with me in the studio today we have a special guest. His name is Dave Burley. Dave, welcome to our program. Thank you. Dave has uh, some new accolades to go behind his name now. He has just recently been named the Catholic Man of the Year in Saint Louis. Uh, the Catholic. So Saint Joseph Radio every year puts on a, uh, a dinner, and in advance of that dinner we put out uh, invitations to parishes all through the St. Uh, Louis Archdiocese to nominate people to be the Catholic Man of the Year. And we get these nominations that come in. And then we have a, a dinner. And at the dinner, we hear a little bit about all of the nominees. And it's really interesting because there are so many people in our community who, f- who do so much good work. And they fly completely under the radar, and you have no idea what, what they're doing. So often we get news, and all you hear is the bad stuff. You never hear about the good stuff. And this is one little way that we at St. Joseph Radio have to try to tell a little pe- tell people a little bit about some of the good stuff. And uh, but with, a, with you know every kind of uh, award like this, there has to be a winner. This year it was Dave, and he was a very fitting winner. And we're going to hear all about... Um, what he does. But, uh, but before we do that, we'd like to begin the program, as we always do, with a prayer. And as we always do, we offer our guests the invitation to do such a prayer. So Dave, if you'd please lead us.
2: Sure will. In the name of the Father, Father. the Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for bringing us all here today. Thank you for the work of Catholic Radio. Thank you especially for those who serve our church for all those who continue to stay under the radar that really hold us together thank you for our priest and for our congregations throughout the archdiocese of st louis we ask all this in jesus
1: name amen amen In the father the son the holy, holy spirit, spirit. Amen. amen yeah i mean it's, it's it is important to thank him for our priests they do and uh, yeah i mean they are you know so often taken for granted and you know are another group of people who fly totally under the radar but this week uh, yeah, lay people, just you know, like yourself, who do so much, uh, so much good work, and we'll get into that. But uh, before we do, perhaps maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself. You raised Catholic, for example.
2: Yes. So I was um, adopted, born and raised Catholic, adopted through Catholic charities. Uh, my mom and dad adopted myself, my brother, and my sister, and um, we lived in a nice home in St. Charles. My mom quit her job and uh, became a housewife, and my father worked extra hard to. Pay the bills.
1: Now, did your mom and dad did they have any kids of their own, or they just uh, opened their home to children they adopted? Yeah, no, they,
2: my mom was not able to have children. So right, right, right. After a couple of years, they um, they prayed to Saint Gerard. That's what my middle name is, and they had me. And well,
1: he's they, a good he's a good saint. So my well, last name is Gerard. So I can't <laughs> say I was named after him, but you know, anyways, um, I guess all I guess you could say all saints are. Are good, I are good. It, right yeah, I would think so yeah. uh, but uh, but, any, but he's a good one um but anyways uh so uh so you had so three so a brother and a sister growing up, yes, okay yeah. and um so uh raised in the
2: Catholic church I was uh, Catholic school, uh mass on sundays, uh server back then, we did a lot more serving than they do now, like we were on a schedule, and sometimes we went. And served mass before we went to school, so uh, things have
1: changed. Get up early in the morning. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. And so, just uh, so Catholic school, grades one through eight, that sort of thing. Yeah, grades one through eight, and then I
2: went to a Catholic high school. Um, then I finally graduated and went in the military.
1: Ah. Okay. So how long were you in the military? What did you do? Four years. I was a uh,
2: security policeman in the Air Force.
1: Ah. Oh. So you're the one of those guys that everybody else liked to see coming.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, I <laughs> guess it depends. <laughs> 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 All right.
1: Then uh, after the military,
2: uh, I moved back uh, to St. Louis, and my dream was to be a policeman. So that's what I really wanted to do. Um, during that time, my uh, my mom, my mom and dad, briefly, their their whole goal in life was to go like cross country in an RV, and so that my dad retired, my mom came down with cancer. No. Oh. And then she passed away, um, so that all happened while I was back here, so that's kind of how things went.
1: So that was, like, soon after your dad retired?
2: Uh, pretty soon. I mean, she got sick fairly soon. He was able to do a few things, but...
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then I really had, you know, what they were, really were thinking that they were looking forward to. Well, that's right. obviously a shame. No, that was a surprise. Yeah. Um okay, so uh in the police force for a number of years
2: uh thirty six years now
1: thirty six plus oh wow, good for you then thank you thank you for your service thank you um all right so um as a as a kid growing up uh, faith wise anything in particular or just pretty much just like every other kid
2: um pretty much like every other kid, you know we church on Sundays and fried chicken in the afternoon and listen to my dad's country music every Sunday afternoon. Which, <laughs> but, I mean, like, that's what we did, so.
1: Yeah, well, I, yeah country music. I <laughs> I grew up in the Northeast, but went to uh, Nashville, went to Vanderbilt for, for law school and fell okay. in love with country music. It's very easy to fall in love with. Right. Anyways, um, so, uh, um, all right, so Faith wasn't anything. I mean, you did it because what? Because you were supposed to, right?
2: Pretty much. I mean, it was it was back, you know, those back in those days, you didn't ask a lot of questions, <laughs> and there were still nuns, and they were still nuns, and so we just did what we were told, and...
1: Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. And then, um, you know, as you got to be a, a young adult, I mean, what was your, your faith life like at that point?
2: Uh, once I, to be fair, uh, once I got out of the house, moved to Texas, I became a free man, uh-huh. and I just sort of uh, took my own path, and... Kind of left the uh, the church and my my upbringing behind. I really did okay. for an extended period of time, actually.
1: Okay. And uh, something bring you back at some point, or was it, was it gradual? Or
2: I, so you'll hear me talk a lot about my father because he literally was my mentor. He's been dead three years now, but um, I watched him go through so many things, uh, and he never wavered. His faith never wavered. Now internally. I couldn't tell you what was on the inside, but outside he was cool. You know what I mean? And um, former Marine, uh, Purple Heart veteran, so he was just that guy—real really? real Miles Banders speaking guy. But he just never wait. He was in mass all the time, religiously. So I I, I kind of watched him from a distance. You know what I mean? Even though I wasn't living that lifestyle, I was seeing it, and it kept me. Every year we'd go to White House retreat. Every year, every year. A kid, a, he, the family. Uh, me and my dad, and then he has an extended family. They're, all of his brothers, they've all passed. Now it's just my cousins, who still run it very well, by the way, on that weekend. But um, even though I wasn't attending church, even though I was doing my thing, every year at White House, I went.
1: So, well, you're not going to say no to your dad.
2: No, I will not, no. <laughs> and to be honest with you, the Jesuits were pretty welcoming for me, even though I was kind of a mess. They they
1: still yeah. welcomed
2: me back, come back,
1: come back. So right. I just kept going. Oh, well, that's good. That's great. Yeah um okay are we uh, skipping over i mean you married yes so are we are we skipping i don't know chronologically where we are Are we skipping over that a little bit or
2: uh, yeah no yes and no okay <laughs> um once i came back and uh my mom had passed
1: then my uncle got sick now before we, well, go ahead. before we move on yeah. because before we went on, on air you were telling me a story about your mom's passing right. and your dad's reaction and it was, I don't know, I'd like, I'd like you to retell that for Sure,
2: us. so well um, on my mom's final day we all stood around her bed and we said a rosary and you could tell it was, she was about to pass and then she did um, and then we all kind of walked out of the hospital like anybody would you know, kind of blank, empty I took dad home took him to the house, and um, we went in the front door, and he went in the bathroom, shut the door, and I could hear him through the bathroom door uh, crying. And he said, I'll never forget these words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I thought, oh man, my dad's, he's he's slipping. I mean, you know, and it got quiet, and then he said, not my will, but your will be done. And he came out of the bathroom, dried eyes, And said okay we got to do this
1: just like a like a marine
2: correct i mean he was just steady you know what i mean he wasn't if he was mad at god i sure didn't know it and right um and so that's how that's how he went on so we we put her to rest and my dad uh liked his beer so he he had a nice little thing of beer in the basement that anyway i won't tell you my stories but at any rate so uh uh, and he ended up meeting a lady, a Southern Baptist lady, who, when he would go on his walks after several, couple years, and they ended up um, dating and getting married. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, we didn't think it would happen because she didn't believe in alcohol, and I didn't see how my dad was going to give up beer, so <laughs> they, they, uh, they agreed to uh, put it in the basement. So they came up with a plan, so he kept it in the basement, and then okay. that was his thing. So, but she right. was, she's wonderful, her name's Alice, and she's still alive. Um, she's in a retirement community now, and uh, after my dad passed about three years ago, it was pretty rough on her. So she's had a, a rough go.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, so let's get let's get back to you then. Uh, so you got married. I did. Uh, yeah, okay.
2: I have um, three older children. My oldest is 36, and then my youngest is 12. So. We may not have a
1: full hour to discuss all that, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, was, I've got some kids, and there's quite an age gap, and there's quite a story there, too. But um, Okay, so um, and you're talking about you know your faith was was waning at, at a certain it was. point. Um, was that still the case when you got married?
2: Yes, okay. absolutely. Uh, it was—that um, marriage was— not based on any type of Catholic faith to be fair. I mean okay. we were young and it was just it just wasn't gonna happen. So okay. I just continued to kinda live my life. Um I think it's easy, I I speak for myself, not for the profession, but I think it's easy to get into a profession like law enforcement and you start missing um things, you know what I mean? And you become kinda callous and kinda hard and I would imagine. And uh so you just you just survive.
1: Right yeah yeah so you shut some things out or whatever and just oh i probably shut a lot of things out yeah sure yeah yeah okay so um i mean so you, the, when you got married your wife was not necessarily that much uh, in terms of i, I mean, mean was she i don't know if she catholic one, or was she,
2: she She was but neither one of us really were
1: we kind of just active in the faith you might say not, not active. at all yeah, not at yeah, all. yeah, yeah, yeah. No. okay um, going to mass not going to mass no, not going to miss okay no. um and um your children were they with with were they from uh, i mean so you've been married once or
2: no, so I was married, and then I went through the annulment process uh-huh okay um, and i I recently was married five years ago,
1: oh okay, well, good for you, well, yeah. good for you um okay, so uh you know, so then I don't know, I guess at what point in your life did you I guess I don't know. Start feeling a need to. I mean, when you see so there was a couple of things that happened. Um,
2: so the chirp program, the His Parish, right? That turned my life upside down. Somebody talked you into doing that. They did, and you, I almost didn't you, want to go. You did yeah, want to
1: go. No. I have heard this story no. many
2: times. I did not want to go, um, but it it did something to me that I'll I'll never forget, and that was. Oh, heaven, 16, 17 years ago, I guess now. Ah, okay. Um, and um, these guys who I never met in my life were just fantastic. And I, I heard, heard their stories, and I was like, wow, these people are no different than I am.
1: So you know? um, so at this point, when these guys were inviting you, did you know them through your parish? Or how did you know the guys that invited you?
2: I started going to Mass. Um, I started going to, like, morning rosary. Kind of on my own. Really? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't really know why. I I suspect. <laughs> I suspect all my uncles up in the heaven were saying, "Come on, man, it's time. What are you doing?" You know, <laughs> this guy down there, he's a yeah. slacker. <laughs> What's he doing? Right. I believe that. Yeah. Um, and it was just something I felt like I needed to do. And then uh, I saw this thing in the bulletin about some kind of men's retreat, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not going to do that." Nah. And then some guy grabbed me and said, "You need to do that." And so I I said, "Yeah, maybe I do." And Anyway, I almost didn't go, but I went, and uh, I'm so, really glad I
1: did. So it was uh, it was that easy. Somebody approached you and said, "You got to do this," and there's a little resistance, but not too much. Well, it, and when we get to
2: the Axe Retreat years later,
1: I can tell you about another one. But anyway, no. So so let me uh, let me just uh, step in and, and break you off right there. Uh, because I need to tell folks that this is uh, Saint Joseph Radio. Uh, this is Saint Joseph Radio presents, actually, uh, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, which we proudly proclaim is the Rome of the West. And uh, we're here today uh, with our, our guest uh, uh, David, who has been named the Catholic Man of the Year for this for this current year here in St. Louis. And we're going to be finding out exactly why he earned, he earned that, that, that special award, although he's shaking his head because he thinks he's <laughs> not deserving as basically everybody who wins this thing. As a matter of fact, everybody gets nominated, kind of have the same reaction. Uh, so that's, that's, that's nothing uncommon, but that, is, that still goes to your credit. Anyways, um, yeah, so, so you went on this CHIRP retreat, and, it, and you thought it was life-changing? It definitely was.
2: Um, I, I actually saw myself from the inside out. For the change, I actually broke those walls that I think I built over the many years in law enforcement, um, and I actually cried, which I, I'm not a crier. i that's one thing my sister would attest to <laughs> that I don't show emotion or feelings. Uh, right. At least back then, when my and when my mom passed, it was a, I was a different guy, very stoic, you know. But at any rate, it really broke me down. It broke my uh, it broke my heart, my soul, and I knew that I needed uh, forgiveness and I needed uh, penance and I went to confession for the first time in a m- very, very long time, and uh, it just changed my life.
1: How'd you feel after the confession?
2: Uh, relieved. Yeah. Uh, it was just. It was a long confession, so I, <laughs> if, anyone's, if anyone's out there, I apologize. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, okay, all right. So, so chirp started making you. I mean, during that weekend, you were you thought about like where you are in your life, where you've come, that sort of thing.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, I, I did, and I, uh, I was sitting in this room with. All these people none of them were cops but one that I knew and I thought I am not I don't have anything in common with these people they don't have a clue what I've been through or what I sure and I was a hundred percent wrong
1: yeah yeah people do have all kinds of issues and problems and you never would guess no. you nope. never would guess uh-uh. okay so then what's what are things like after that uh, things like that were
2: good I mean I started becoming more active in church um, Constant attendance, way more than Sundays. I mean, it was Monday, Tuesday, whenever I could go before I'd go into work. Really? Um, I I joined the St. Vincent de Paul Society, which was really cool. And it was really kind of interesting because in the community that I'm at, I was literally helping people through the St. Vincent de Paul Society that I was also dealing with from a uh, law enforcement sure, angle. Very unusual. Sure. But it really broke some – it built some relationship, but it, it really helped me see a
1: different side. Yeah, so – yeah, because in your, your, your profession as a, as a law enforcement officer, you're just what, putting people through the system. Whereas with St. Vincent de Paul Society, what, that gives you a tool, that gives you a resource, something. Right. And then you can actually, you know, try to help, like, the person, right?
2: I, d- I did. And it, it, it was interesting because I started finding myself carrying a briefcase in my police car. And I'd have, like, prayer cards, prayer booklets, uh, gift cards for food, um, Bibles, I gave, I gave away my favorite Bible to some lady. I don't remember who that was, but it just I was just started doing things like that, and it started becoming very natural. You know what I mean? like I sure. just enjoyed it, and I look forward to meeting and talking to people.
1: Yeah, because once you start with just a little, and then it, be, it gets easier and easier to do it. I mean, at first, you probably feel it's kind of awkward, but then the more you do it, the easier
2: it gets. It, it, it got easier. It's, it's unusual because it's, it's not eh, I'll be careful. It's just—it offended a few people, I believe. You know okay. what I mean? So, um I was kind of talked to about you need to calm down. Don't be talking about your faith. Don't be talking about it at work. Don't be sending out Jesus emails. That kind of thing. You know what I mean? So, but that's okay. I figured it out.
1: And so after you know these suggestions were made to you, then what? I mean, did you, you know, did you keep doing it somewhat? I did. I mean, I can tell a secret, right? Nobody's listening.
2: Nobody. <laughs> had, no. no, but I would do. I would. Uh, I would just keep it
1: quiet. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, or feel, or did you maybe feel out the person, get a sense for whether or not they might be receptive?
2: Yeah, but I mean, I was just, I probably started paying a little more attention to body language when it comes to if people really wanted to talk, they didn't want to talk. Um, so it probably taught me a good lesson, too. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, but with the people that maybe were offended, there had to be other reactions as well, I would imagine. There were positive, uh,
2: some to the point of, "What has happened to you, man? Did you hit your head type thing, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, didn't some people sort of i i don't, I, I had an experience recently where I was at a, a business conference, and I got to talking with some guy, and we got onto some subject, and I said, well I said I'm just going you know warn you, I said, you know my attitude on that particular subject I said, I'll let you know I'm religious. Well, that just opened this floodgate and I, and he proclaimed himself basically an agnostic, mm-hmm. but wouldn't stop talking, kept asking me questions. there was a real hunger with this guy, and I'm thinking. Some of the people you deal with or that you did deal with, they have life issues, life problems, you know, life's beating them on the head. I mean, were there occasions when people were very glad that you kind of, you know, opened this area?
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, There's been—I mean, interestingly enough, when you you go on like a scene of somebody who's passed away, a a dead body, right? Mm -hmm. If the family's there and you see crucifixes on the wall and statues or they make comments about God or Jesus— it took a burden off of me <laughs> right you know sure. versus a different house that has none of that and then it's like man they're missing what do i say it's, it's empty and so yeah it was it was able to allow me to help kind of ease their pain and i think it kind of took it off of me if that makes any sense
1: so even in the homes that wouldn't have any visible sign of of any you know faith life you still had a desire to try to maybe talk to these people and I understand maybe sometimes Maybe you were careful about it, but you still right. had that desire.
2: And it was really simple because it, it, it's an easy thing to say. Like, you know, would you like me to call you a chaplain? We have a police chaplain. Would you like a chaplain? They may s- yes, I would. Is there any certain denomination you'd like us to call? Well, I'd want this. And that, a lot of times that worked, too. That helped a lot.
1: Sure, 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 yeah. sure. And I suppose we can talk about one particular story. There's, there's occasion... Um, which um i know was was mentioned um at actually at the award dinner where there's a, a, a was a young boy outside a convenience store Can yes tell okay. us about that
2: yeah so it was about three thirty in the morning i was on patrol and i was driving around the back of a convenience store and there was a young man sitting on a uh, a little stoop uh juvenile certainly shouldn't have been out after a curfew right so I asked him what was going on, how, how was he doing, and you could see he, he was a little apprehensive at first, and I just said, you're, you're just what's happening, and so we started talking, and I think he could see that I wasn't going to jump out and arrest him, right? you know what I mean, so he broke down kind of and told me that uh, his dad was dying of brain cancer, oh. and uh, he and his mom had got into it, and he didn't want to go home, and and so we talked a lot, and I said, listen, why don't I just take you home, and let's let's meet your parents, so I drove him home, and I met the dad and the mom, and you could see dad was nervous. He's drinking,
1: cap, cap showing up with the, well, his, And he's
2: drinking coffee because he knows he's dying, he doesn't want to sleep, and there's a lot going on in that family, you know what I mean? And so yeah. we sat at the kitchen table and talked about everything that was going on, and I threw out, you know, do you have a faith life? Is there, and he mentioned, well, I used to be Catholic. And I said, well, <laughs> used to be. I said, well, what do you mean used to be? And he's like, well, I fell away from the church. And I'm like, that's okay, I did too, it's fine. And we kept talking. And he actually, at the end of the conversation, agreed to meet... Uh, with one of our Catholic chaplains, um, and he actually received all the sacraments. Wow! Went to confession. Wow! And uh, got his um, final blessing. And uh, that
1: is so important. Yeah, huge. That is so important, and <laughs> you know, I mean, I, maybe you don't want me to say this, but that wouldn't have happened without you. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe it might have happened anyway, but. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to this story thinking, you know, it could very well be the case that that may never have happened if you hadn't stopped and taken that kid home.
2: And I don't know that I would have done that 20 years earlier Sure, it makes any sense. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, I, for God to be able to use me, I guess he could use anybody. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it worked, and it was, it, was, it was interesting. And So the, the gentleman passed away. Yeah. Um, and I promised him uh, the secret I'm going to tell you is I was training a guy. And he was dying, and I took him over to the house, and we prayed a rosary in uniform with the family, at the uh, dad's foot. And I promised his dad that I would take care of him forever, his boy. Um, and I promised, I made the probation officer promise he'd never tell anybody. And I don't guess he ever did, but he was probably freaked out. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> and so then um, the young man, he actually asked me to speak at his. So dad's
1: you made a promise to take care of this man's boy? Correct. Wow. That's that's a big promise.
2: It, it has been. Uh, it's, there's been some challenges, but we're still in contact this very day. How long ago was this? Oh, it would have been fifteen, sixteen years ago.
1: Oh wow, it's been a while. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. So keep keep going. No, nope, let so me stop then
2: you. He wanted. Uh, he asked if I could speak at the funeral, and I mean, I don't know anybody in this family. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm getting up speaking to people about. I don't know. I don't know anybody. But it's interesting because after he was buried, then I started going and visiting his mom. And I actually uh, started bringing her books and talking to her about her faith life and um, gave her a couple rosaries, taught her how to say the rosary. And then, unfortunately, she passed holding that rosary. And the young man reached out and told me his mom had passed away and I wanted to know if I'd speak
1: to her. Was she she young? Were they old? No,
2: they were probably in their... 50s, I guess, 50s, But still, 60s. that's relatively that's young. young. Yeah. I think it's really young right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so do I. Um, um, wow. Okay, so you helped bring her back to the faith.
2: Well, I wouldn't say, but I mean... I. Well, you helped. I worked at it. Yeah. And then I, I ended up speaking at her funeral as well, and now I'm getting to know the family. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're actually remembering me, and I'm like... You must have done a good job the first time <laughs> around. <laughs> no. So, anyhow, so we've
1: maintained a... Um, a relationship to this very day. Wow. Um, okay, so, so tell me a little bit more about the boy. So the boy had the, I mean, he had these problems in his house. I mean, it was, it was, things were difficult. Um, but, he, I mean, he had problems of his own?
2: Sure. And I mean, he went through all the trials and tribulations and still struggles with certain things. Um, but he's not afraid to reach out. He will reach out when he needs something or if he just wants to talk. Occasionally, we meet for breakfast, kind of catch up. We've invited him to uh, uh, mass a couple times. He's
1: come with his kids. So so you're going to be able to, uh, that, that's that's the music that tells us we're coming up on a break, but uh, we're going to be able to continue this story, and I want to hear more about this story when we come back from this break. This is uh, St. Joseph uh, Radio Presents, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the realm of the West, and we're here with our special guest, uh, David, who. Uh, was named this year as the Catholic Man of the Year in, in St. Louis, which we only give out to a few very, very, very special people. But, any, but anyways, we'll we're hear here, we're here about, more about his story when we come back.
0: With a great gift idea, a St. Benedict bracelet, a trendy accessory for men, women, and children that not only looks good on everyone's wrist, but is actually armor for the spiritual battlefield. This unique bracelet is handmade in Europe and contains 10 medals within the braided cord in the adult size and 7 medals in the children's size. On the front of each beautiful medal is St. Benedict holding a cross in his right hand, the object of his devotion. On the back of each medal is a cross. Surrounding the back of the medal and cross are the letters V R S N. M-V-S-M-Q-L-I-V-B and Latin reference which translates Be gone Satan. Never tempt me with your vanities. What you offer me is evil. Drink the poison yourself. And finally located at the top is the word Pax. Which means peace. All bracelets come packaged with an informational card and the Saint Benedict blessing, which your local priest can administer. This gift is for everyone you love and care about, including yourself. Available from Saint Joseph Radio. Check the website at (laughs) www.saintjosephradio.net. Including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen No Kemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to SJEN.tv or on Roku SJEN TV. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at SJEN.tv. And so we're back.
1: This is St. Joseph Radio Presents. and uh, I'm Ray Gerard. This, uh, this is a program where um, we try to do something new and, and interesting every week, and this week we're speaking with David Burley, who was named the Catholic Man of the Year this year, and we're trying to figure out why exactly. I mean, you look like a normal person. Oh well, I don't know about that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before the break, you were telling us about uh, a boy that you found at 3.30 in the morning outside a convenience store. Didn't look like, you know, he necessarily needed to be there or should have been there. And um, if you're just joining us, um, helped the father sort of, uh, well, I guess, receive the sacraments and, and and go through a passing that was, you know, in his faith. Same for this boy's mother. And then you had this relationship with this, you can, with this boy, which you continue to have. Yes. So, yeah, if you can maybe just, you know, tell us, you know, more about— you know the story, and we you know from where we left it off, left off.
2: Well, like any, any human being, right? He uh, went through his ups and downs as well, but uh, we maintained uh, contact. We um, you know we meet for breakfast occasionally. Uh, he'll call if he's got something going on. I always answer. That's I promise. So, um, and then the biggest thing for me is one day he told me we were sitting, and he said, "You realize you saved my life." I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you, and it was—it was
1: a—it was, was a quiet moment. Was he into doing, you know, anything that he shouldn't have been doing? Oh, yeah. Was would he would he have ended up in trouble with the law? Yes, and so when he and said, when he still did a little bit, I mean, okay, so, but when he said that, I mean, that wasn't just figurative language. He no, was, he was dead serious. No, he he, he was serious. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just. Um, uh, so you said there was there was dead silence, yes, and um i don 't know I mean do you remember how that- i don't know maybe you didn't even think about how much that meant at that time, or did you?
2: No, I was kind of taken back uh really um and we finished up, and you know we hugged, and he went on his way and I think I started thinking more about it after I was driving right. away from the place, like wow, did he just
1: really wow did he hear what he said, you know like so and um I suppose what? Do you think you, you thought maybe up to that point, uh, well, okay, I, I meet with this kid, I talk to him, I, I help him out, but I'm not really doing anything all that special or all that dramatic?
2: No, I, I still don't think I'm doing anything special. I promised his dad that I would take care of his boy right. on his deathbed. So that's right. kind of a – that's the thing. You I know, understand.
1: So. I, yeah, I understand that. But I guess, the, I guess what I'm thinking of is that um, we really sometimes don't understand how much of an impact we can have on people's lives, even if we think we're not. I would agree. Yep. You know, I've had
2: those. I've had those occasions like ever so often where you're like, "Wow, maybe I made a difference," you know.
1: And it probably makes us um, a little bit more, uh, I guess, desirous of being careful of like everybody we meet. Yes. I mean, you, you, what you're describing is a situation where you, you, you talk to this kid, you give him some support, but didn't do anything, I, you know, what you would think is special or dramatic, but yet this kid is – but just to be there for this kid, just to support him, just to help him, just to have somebody in his corner, that can make the difference between somebody, um, you know, going on with a productive life or somebody going the other way.
2: Yeah, but I think I, the one thing that really make me real, <clears throat> makes me realize, and to this very day, I, you know, he's one of a handful that maybe I've, you know, helped. But how many did I miss? <laughs> especially growing up, especially in my young, my young years as a policeman, how many of those opportunities passed me by? I'm a little hard on myself, but I think it's true. And I think it's, you know, you never know when that opportunity's out there. And sometimes we need to pay more attention. I do anyway, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know I've got, I've got a, a regret over a couple of boys that I helped. And I uh, still to this day wonder if I couldn't have done a, a lot more. But um, – that's a beautiful thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a beautiful thing to be worried now that you haven't done enough. I mean, I've read stories of saints who will say the same thing, and you're like, "My goodness, they're a saint," you know. So, and it makes you want to do more. Yeah, it make, I mean, it makes you want to pay more attention.
2: Right. <laughs> you right. Know, listen. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. So, um, but uh, you know, there must have been. Other occasions, I mean, we've, we've heard a couple of stories, you know, so far, but it sounds like, you know, you looked for opportunities, you know, to maybe bring the faith to people that you met in your job. Yes, uh, just a quick story just to sure. mind right now. But
2: so there is a I got a call one night to uh, make a death notification. Uh, a, a man's son, teenage son had been killed in Florida. Oh, boy. And they never train you in the academy how to do that, right? You go to school, and it doesn't tell you. And the death notifications never get easier. They sure. usually get harder, I think. Um, and I had a chaplain with me, very interesting. And so he decided, you want me to go with you? I said, yes, please, you know. And uh, <laughs> we go knock on the door, and uh, the dad answers the door, and he looks at me, and he says, he says my name. Really? And I'm like, sir? Because you don't remember me, do you? I said, no, sir, I don't. He said, come in. So I came into, I kind of didn't know what was happening. I said, I'm here to tell you some bad news. He said, my son's dead, isn't he? I said, yes, sir, he is. I'm sorry. He says, will you come in the living room and pray with us? And I'm like, who is this guy? (laughs) And he said, you don't remember me? I said, I don't. He said, 10 years ago, you arrested me for DWI. Really? And he said, on the way to the station, you gave me a big talk about how I needed to turn my life around. He said, I haven't had a drink since that day. Seriously? Yeah. It was, it was, it, it, it's a, uh. It's one of those moments you're like, "Wow!" We walked out in the chapel and says, "That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen." <laughs> I said, I said me, "Me too, me too." But you get you know you get events like that. I think is important. But it's not me doing it. I know that, and I just always think of all the times that I passed them by. You know, but it
1: is you doing it. I mean, look at it. I mean, the good that we do is 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 not our doing. It all comes from God. Every. I mean, I think, uh, I've heard lots of other people say this, but any good that I do is not me. It comes from God. But God works through us. Agreed. You're the tool. He needs tools. And you're the tool. You know. Um, so uh, <laughs> this, this father was, ex- I mean, this didn't come as any surprise to this particular father. His son, I guess, had been in trouble and different things.
2: No, I think he'd already found out. Uh, okay. Like, through somebody. I don't know who, but okay. it was tragic. But um, I mean, he was—I don't.
1: I, to this day, I don't remember him. So, when you gave this father that's talking to after you know, he was picked up for the DWI, um, at that point, were you—you uh, know—were you active in your, your faith at this point, or maybe not so much yet?
2: Not really. Yeah. I mean, I think it was on, i was on my a path, right. Um, but I, did, I, I talk a lot anyway, so I talk to a lot of people <laughs> I've arrested. I mean, I've, I've arrested a lot of people, and I've had a lot of conversations. So some good, some not so good, but, you know.
1: But it sounds like you, you're looking for opportunities to, to bring the faith, you know, to I people when you, when you, you as know, come I, across them.
2: As I go on, like when I talk about the young man, yes, I definitely was, right? Um, I, I think at the time, I don't know that I was really— Not at that
1: time. Right. Yeah. But it still worked. Yeah. It's interesting. So um, besides uh, you know, besides, besides Chirp, uh, you know, what else have you done to sort of like keep your own faith active? I think you mentioned Axe at one point.
2: Yes. Yeah, so the story about Axe and the, the gentleman that um, convinced me to go to Axe uh, was Did one of the resist? nominees. Did you resist again? Was one of the, well, yeah, I wasn't resisting him. He's a tall, tall guy. He was one of the nominees, actually. <laughs> and uh, he's a great guy. And I was doing fine. I had things going on, but I was— I was okay, but I guess I needed some recharging. And I kind of knew that, you know, and this guy gets, gets up in front of me. And he walks right over to me. He's got hands about this big. And he says, I've, looks down at me. You know, they,
1: they can't really see that on the radio. Oh, they can't. Okay. But he's got <laughs> big hands <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, he grabbed my hand. He says, Hey, I said, I look up at him and I'm, you know, I'm like, yes. He's like, you're going to the next ax retreat. I'm like, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so I see
1: what you said. You didn't resist because. no. no.
2: <laughs> He knows who I'm talking about. And uh, my kids are walking to the car going, who in the world is that? I said, I don't know, but I guess I'm going on an axe retreat. <laughs> and that's really uh, how it happened. Really? Yeah.
1: You didn't know this guy at all? Mm-mm.
2: They are meeting from Adam. This was at your parish? Yeah, they were They were like a mission church that came to our parish. Oh, uh, okay. They started the uh, first axe. By
1: looking at you, he figured you were in need? You figured, probably. Figured, yeah.
2: <laughs> probably written all over my face, I'm sure, yeah. Okay,
1: so you do this axe retreat.
2: And that, that, that kind of recharged me. And um, I had... Uh, uh, been divorced. And I had met a lady who was a Southern Baptist, uh, Tammy, wonderful woman. But uh, you know, she was doing her Southern Baptist. I was doing Catholic. We'd meet once in a while, but that was kind of it. Right. And then uh, when I came back, she said to me, you came back after the axe, come back after the axe. She's, right. she's like, something happened to you. I <laughs> said, what, what do you mean? Was I that bad? And she's like, no, no, no. Something. She goes, I think I want to go to Acts." i I'm like, go to Acts. She,
1: she said that, really?
2: So then she called me and said, hey, I looked into it, and they'll take Southern Baptist. <laughs> I'm like, wow, okay. okay yeah. So she goes to Acts, retreat, she goes on one. And she comes back, and she calls me, and I bought wrecked this time. She says, I'm going to be Catholic. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, true story. And wow. Uh, so I was her sponsor in RCIA, and uh, I really think that we grew together sure. towards the church. We got married in the sure. Catholic church. It sure. was just, It's fantastic. I mean, our relationship has all been based on God, right? The church. It is so much better that way. Oh, it's so easy, much easier.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's sure. so much better that way. Yeah. So So that so that charged some, some energy did. cells. It did. And at this point you're still, you know, an active policeman? I am. And uh, okay, and still trying to look for opportunities to talk to people about faith issues and things of that nature when you can. Absolutely
2: right. To this very day, actually. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, and then I got involved with, um, you know, being a lector and, and then um, Eucharistic minister. I enjoy that. Uh, I was able to take communion to a friend of mine's mom who just passed. She was in her 90s, and that little lady could hardly get out of her chair, but she looked forward to the Eucharist, and she would light up. Her face would light up when I'd walk through that door after church and bring her the Eucharist. It was fantastic.
1: Yeah. And, uh, okay, so uh, you do this— so you used to do this for this particular woman?
2: Yes. Okay. And then she, just, she actually just passed away about a year or so ago.
1: Okay. Um, so, um, and helping all these people, and because, you know, it just, you know, I mean, hearing these stories, I mean, you have, you have, I got to tell you, these are, <laughs> these are some good stories. You have really helped some people. Do you think that that's helped your faith? in other words, giving to people and receiving because of it? I think it has. I
2: mean, I I think it keeps me more attentive. I mean, I find myself sometimes holding myself very accountable, uh, almost to a, you know, where I'm, because I'm clearly not perfect. I hope nobody listening would ever think that. If you knew me, you'd know I'm far from that, but um, nobody, well, of course, <laughs> well, nobody Yeah. Right. But I mean, uh, and I have my moments, you know, and my kids will attest to that, all of them, <laughs> and my wife, and anyway, so, um, but yeah, I think, it's, I think it's important, and I, I find myself, like when people, one of my faults is when people ask me to do something, I just say yes, especially <laughs> in the church group, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I've learned that maybe that's not always, maybe I should say, let me think about it, let me pray on it.
1: That's how I ended up doing programs like this. I get it, <laughs> I get it, yeah. yeah, I get it, yeah. Um, that's not a bad, you know, vice to have. No, no. Yeah, you're right. Um, so it's, it's made you a little bit more circumspect about, about what you do. It
2: does. I mean, it, it does. I mean, I, I teach PSR, and I love teaching middle school kids, seventh graders. It's fantastic. I didn't sure. think I'd ever like it, but I'm, I'm, I'm hooked. I mean, it's, it's a great relationship. Um, and just being a part of the church and, you know, Knights of Columbus, I'm, I just recently— uh, Brought in as the grand night for our council, so you I love a, you. Get a lot of hats, f- yeah. Fish fries, and that's kind of the my thing during Lent. So, so with the PSR, you said seventh graders. Seventh grade, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, that's a tough group. That's a tough age, tough grade. It is. That's a tough. I would not want to be in seventh grade today. Yeah, they have a
1: lot of issues. They do. Don't they? they do. Um, yeah. So, how do you deal with that? How do you re- you know what what do you try to do? So it's interesting. So at our at our um,
2: At our school, All Saints in St. Peter's, um, we have three fantastic priests. Uh, They're very easy to talk to, and uh, we have a great director of religious education. And so I said yes, and they give me this— Of course you did. (laughs) (laughs) They give me this outline, like, you know, a a syllabus. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't do that. There's no way. Really? But I started picking through it Uh and reading it. And studying, that's the one thing I found myself really doing is going back and studying, going back and, and taking classes because I want to be more f- firm in my faith because I get those questions too from people and I want to have the answer.
1: You've taken classes? Yeah. Uh, what like, do you mean, like seminars, you know, like, like webinars? Like no, what?
2: like um, Paul Sixth Institute, uh, different classes.
1: on. So you've taken actual yes. college-level classes? Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, okay. and, it,
2: and it's helped. It's helped me, it's helped me deliver I think better. I think it's helped me, I don't know, talk better, um, prepare better. Uh, and so when I prepare the seventh graders, I realized that they've been in school all day, right? It's PSR. So they've already been in class all day. Right. I've been working all day in the streets. So, so PSR is
1: after a day of school? Yes. Okay.
2: And uh, it's called the public school of religion now, I believe that's what they call it. Mm-hmm. They just changed it. So at any rate, so these young guys are used to being in class all day. So they don't really want to be there. Sure. And I've been in the streets all day. i do be there. And we come up with an understanding. So my class turns into a lot of just discussing the topic at hand and how it applies to their life. And it has really opened up some incredible conversation with these seventh graders about the things they're dealing with, some of the misunderstandings they have about the Catholic Church. I think that's important because that influence is out there. Um, and I try to reel it in. Best I can, and I've built some really uh, good relationships with these young people, so I enjoy it.
1: So this is St. Joseph Radio presents, uh, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West, and we are here in studio talking with our special guest this week. It's uh, David Burley. He was named the Catholic Man of the Year this year, and uh, the Catholic Man of the Year award is is simply an award that's given out every year to somebody in the community. Somebody people probably don't know what uh, this. Particular person might be doing. Somebody who flies under the radar does just a lot of good things, like inside the church, tries to help people, and uh, and the this award dinner is just so useful because you hear so many things about so many good people. Who actually wins the award is, and I think all of the the winners, and I think David, you'd agree with me with this. Who actually wins the award is is not so important as much as you know just hearing about all of these people because it's very inspiring. You go to one of these dinners talk about the fact that, hey, you know, you know, your faith, your relationships with some of these people, you know, inspires you to do more. Going to one of these dinners inspires you to do more. But anyways, uh, but this year it was, it was David who happened to, to win the award. And I got to say, after listening to what you've told us during the first three quarters of this program, you know, a lot of what you say is very inspiring. But we were talking about the fact that, you know, you're teaching uh, PSR to seventh graders. Right. And they have a lot of issues and they hear a lot of things about the church, I guess, from other people. Um, is there anything that, that comes to mind? Anything you want to you know, share, but you know, just as an example of, one of, some of the, what these kids, what these kids, a lot of times I guess maybe we don't you know, really realize what our kids are having to deal with.
2: Well, I think one of the big difficulties that I see is that um, church attendance is not an issue and no one believes that if you don't attend church on Sundays, it's really that big of a deal. Oh so they
1: think if you you can skip church that's no big
2: deal. Absolutely. Okay. And I w- I do want to say also as a, t- a parent but also as a teacher that a lot of times that problem starts at home. Yeah. They have to be they have to have that witness at home. Home is one of the most important places to build our faith.
1: If the parents aren't going to church
2: don't expect the kids to go. And that's and that's what I struggle with in trying to explain what the Catholic Church teaches, right? And they have so many friends and kids that aren't going to church, and they're spending weekends camping or doing. And it's just not a, it's not a focus. Uh, so that's a
1: big, big uh, hurdle for me to try to overcome. So how do you? Yeah, I guess how do you try to deal with that? You just try to as best you can, I guess. I mean, I,
2: you know, you got to try to get cooperation from the parents. And don't get me wrong, some a lot of the parents are good. I'm not saying nobody's bad. I just people have things in their lives. I get that, right? right. But it has become more of a focus. Um, and so I just try to welcome them. You know, come on Sundays, you can come sit with me and my family. Try to get them active and, and maybe serving or doing something. Sure, uh,
1: which is a great idea. Yeah, well, to, if you can try to if you can get them if you can get it. Yeah,
2: it's just not it's it's just not the popular thing. You know, when I get a kid in class and I say, okay, why are you in here? Because that's my first question. And the, the kid raises. Because I got it. Because I gotta be. When I the kids <laughs> say I have to be here because my parents are making me. That's a perfect segue into everything else. I think. How so? Because I explained to them, well, your parents say that because why do you think they want you here? Mm, sure. Talk about that. You know, why why do you think it's important to be here? Right. Because they in seventh grade, it's not about life eternal. You know what I mean? It's about <laughs> getting <laughs> no. through the next sure. thirty minutes on your phone or whatever the case may be. So it they've got a, they've got a lot of obstacles to overcome.
1: Yeah. And what about what about the Eucharist? I mean, if they're not feeling a need to go to, to go to mass, I mean, is there a sense? Do you get a sense from the kids that Uh, the Eucharist, okay, the church teaches, hey, you know, it's the real, you know, body and blood, but uh, I mean, do you get a sense of that? I I mean, we talk about that.
2: Um, I I think it's all in that same realm of it's just not that important at that age, at seventh grade. Um, And I mean, I look back when I was in seventh grade, I can't remember that far back now, but (laughs) I don't know how I felt, you know, I just, somebody has to be telling them this, and it has to be more than just a PSR teacher, it has to be their family and their they're, you know, their friends, you know, that, I mean, they're they're relatives, whoever it is, people have got to start being more focused
1: on that. And um, do you have much of an opportunity to interact with the parents?
2: We do. We, we, we speak to the parents frequently. Um, we have these things called faith nights that uh, are really interesting where they bring the parents in actually during PSR. And we kind of pray together and we talk about certain things. Uh, topic. So I think that's made a big difference. I really do.
1: That is, That does sound like a really cool idea. Do you know other parishes do that? Or is that do you think that's like I, I, our direct, your idea? I mean, you know, a, a, no, it wasn't me. No, but I mean it's your parish? Do you think yeah, that's...
2: So I don't... Uh, the Director of Religious Education, Mary Grace, started this last year, and it's... Yeah. I think it's a, it's a wonderful thing to try to remind parents, you know, that we're all in this together. I don't think sometimes we're hard enough, to be fair. I don't, but... Understood. I, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but so it's so it's start. You started it last year. Yeah. So
2: last year was like the first. I think so.
1: Yeah. And are you starting to see, you know, some I guess uh, results from it already. Or what do you? What do you? what, are, mean, you, what I, are your initial impressions? Because it hasn't been very long.
2: No. I. I mean, I think the. You look at the younger kids and you say, "Wow, you know, that's cool. They're getting it right because they enjoy it. It's fun." The parents are like, "Oh, they're cute. You know, they're that's really neat to have them there." And then as you get older, it's becoming more of a something you have to do type thing, right? So. I think just seeing the parents more and giving them the opportunity to go to mass more, um, going to mass together as a PSR school with the parents, I think super, super important. And that's another thing that our uh, director of religious education started out. So um, I think it's just in the process. We'll see what happens. So
1: here you are. You've, um, as you described, been away from the church for a while, gotten back to the church, have, you know, tried to help a lot of people uh, with your faith, uh, you know, tried to, as you say, you know, sort of uh, be a good uh, Catholic yourself. What do you think going forward, you know, the years ahead? What do you think you want to try to do? What would you just keep keep doing, you know, what you've been doing? What do you?
2: Well, I don't know how much longer I can do this full-time job because I'm getting old and tired. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, I think, honestly, it's—I I don't know. Wherever God takes me, you know, it— um,
1: Like your father said.
2: Yes. In fact, my dad—I uh, don't want to leave this out because he was on his— we didn't know he was dying. We knew there was something wrong with him. So I would bring him communion every Sunday, and uh, I went over this one Sunday. I gave him communion. We have talked. I go to give him the Eucharist, and he grabs my hand, which he's never done this, and he looks at me and he says, "Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the words and my soul shall be healed." He had this strict focus on the on, on the I mean on the Eucharist, staring at it. Oh, so he grabbed your hand. He did because your hand was holding the Eucharist. Correct, and he took it. And it was just a weird moment for me. I'm like, that was very unusual. Um, and so I kissed him on the head and left and took the kids to soccer. And
1: now is he fully like loosened? Oh no, he's
2: he's completely. He had he had broke his back is what he did, so he had a okay. hard time walking. Okay. Um, but, he had but, some. He had some. But, but, but totally lucent. hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. Uh, but still, he's staring at the Eucharist. I mean, he was fixated on it, and it, I'll never forget it. Um, and. Took the kids to soccer, went to work, and my mom called me that morning and said he had passed. Really? He was, uh, he was unresponsive, and so I told her to call 911, and, you know, he, he didn't make it. So, those so that l- was like— Those are that... the last words he's ever spoken to me. So every time I go to communion, that's the first thing—that's that that's the thing I think about every time the priest says that. Every single mass. Uh, that... So he, he got me, because he, he's with me
1: every mass, I'm sure of that. That is, that, is, that is very special. That is very special. Dave, I want to really thank you for being here with us today. I want to thank you for giving us some of your time, sharing us you know, some, uh, some of your life and, and what you've done. Um, this is St. Joseph Radio Presents. We've been here talking with, with David Burley, who uh, was, was recognized as the Catholic Man of the Year just this past year in the St. Louis area. And uh, you know, he's been describing to us you know, this, this passion that he's had uh, even though he's met resistance from people, authorities trying to tell him not to do it, to try to engage people in their faith. Um, and just in all the, the activities that he's, that he's done, you know, you've, you know you, anybody can tell you have a really strong faith right now, and yeah. you're helping a lot of people, and I really
0: want to thank you for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Very good. God